This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on TogiNet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hello, 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 and happy Monday to all of you listening tonight. I truly, truly hope that you are well. If you are not well tonight, I truly pray that something that is said tonight will help you in some way. I am a firm believer in the Word of God and the instruction that it gives us when it tells us that we overcome. We overcome hardship, we overcome bondage, we overcome and we win battles by the blood of the Lamb. That's talking about Jesus Christ, the Lamb who was slain for us before the foundation of the world and by the word of our testimony it's important for believers to share with others what God has done for them the victories that he has given them the battles that they have won in Jesus name and through Jesus and because of Jesus Christ that is how we overcome that is how we help others to overcome so with that in mind we are we are we are excited tonight and we are truly honored to have another warrior another another victorious uh, conqueror in the kingdom of God on the air with us tonight we have a very special guest by the name of Dr. Gregory Reed so I want you all to Get your tea or your coffee. Most of you know by now that I'm a, I'm a tea drinker, and I try very hard to avoid the caffeine, so I drink herbal teas. But I want you to join me. I want you to get whatever it is that you drink, coffee, tea, you know, iced tea, whatever it is. I want you to join me and um, get ready to hear a powerful testimony um, The flavor that I'm drinking tonight, um, because I often do share with you all, it's part of our little special fellowship that we have on the air. I'm drinking an an, hibiscus hibiscus tea, and it's quite nice. It's quite mild, uh, nice and sweet. Um, So join me. Um, About Dr. Reed, the guest that we have on the air tonight, um, he has a ministry called Youth Fire that provides uncompromised, and when I say uncompromised, I mean the raw, uncompromised, unadulterated truth. This ministry exposes darkness, which is so greatly needed. 
his story is one of occult abuse. I'm sorry, occult bondage, abuse, and, 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 and redemption. We don't want to just tell another sad story. We don't want to tell another horrific story. But we want to let you know that there is hope and that there is, uh, there can be uh, restoration, that you can be made whole after things like this, after abuse, after bondage. Okay? I want to use every possible minute uh, for us to get into Dr. Gregory's story. So I'm asking you to go to my show page if you want to learn more about him or go to his website um, later on at GregoryReed.com. So I know that Dr. Reed is waiting. Hello, Dr. Reed. How are you tonight? Very well. How are you? I am wonderful. I am truly blessed and honored uh, to have you tonight and something that doesn't happen to me that often lately I, I am a little jittery <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous <laughs> but I think that that's a good thing because it means I'm alert and ready what do you think it sounds like that's right to me <laughs> okay I forgot to ask you when we were preparing for the show if you drink any type of uh, beverages like tea or coffee and I'm strictly a coffee man yeah. all right I, I, <laughs> I have a Bible study on Monday night for my young guys from my church, uh, junior high through college, and they all line up like ducks for the coffee maker when we get going. Uh Aha. Okay. Well, I didn't invite you to join me, so I hope you had time to to get you some coffee and and unwind. right here. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful. (laughs) Okay. Well, my goodness. Um, I jumped around kind of as far as where I wanted to start because there is so much for us to talk about tonight. So maybe it would be good for for you to tell us what you'd like us to know about you. Well, um, I grew up in Southern California. My parents were uh, uh, very uh, hardworking, uh, caring parents that had a a tremendous amount of issues as a lot of the parents in the 50s did. And uh, Somehow I slipped out of their grasp when I was a young child. Uh, We had several generations of occultic involvement in our family. And even though my mother and my father didn't actually practice anything, it was in our family. So I came to the attention of local occult groups who um, began to involve me at a very early age in ritual practices. and, which included sexual abuse, child pornography. And by the time I was uh, 11 years old, I had witnessed the human sacrifice of my best friend. And uh, as a result, was just a complete devastated mess. Mm. Uh, my parents had no idea what was going on with me and had no idea what to do about it. Uh, and they were so busy trying to just survive that I just slipped through the cracks and things got worse and worse, and I began to drink, and I began to, I was just a completely uh, transformed individual in the, in the bad way, and I began to study the occult until by the time I was about 15, I was practicing just about everything, and if Jesus Christ hadn't redeemed me when I was 15, we wouldn't be talking. Hmm. Such, I mean, my goodness, a mouthful, a mouthful said in that opening statement, um, 
so many things come, you know, jump out at me. And one of the thoughts I just had was how you said that your parents weren't practicing. No, they weren't. But yeah, yet were, it was uh, in your family. Yes, it was several generations of uh, uh, people practicing the occult. Our family came from a long line of uh, mm -hmm. uh, Druid practitioners and people involved in witchcraft. And mm -hmm. uh, it just, it does come through the family. And I, it, I had mm -hmm. two brothers, but it managed to bypass them and, and just went right into me. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as my understanding about these kinds of things, that's what I would consider to be a generational curse. Would, would you agree with that? Absolutely. That's exactly what it was. Okay. And I try to teach my listeners on the air that these things are generational, you know, that once Satan finds an open door, it could be four generations back. I mean, because the Bible even tells us that the sins are visited on the children, I believe, to the third and fourth generation. Yes, absolutely. And that's that's part of what I had to deal with as a believer is to go through a great deal of prayer to um, not just renounce those things, but to ask God to break those generational curses and ties so that it would not uh, have any power over me anymore. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, I have found that so many Christians have no knowledge of this. They, they, they think that once they accept Christ, um, that everything is pretty much said and done, if you know what I mean. Like, okay, life is supposed to be wonderful and peachy keen after that. And um, they, they just don't have an understanding about how we still have to war and how God still has to show us and help us close those doors, even if, even if it was no fault of our own, like in your case, right? Right, exactly. And that's, that's hard for people to grasp in, unless they've actually experienced it or known people have gone through it. But uh, as you said, I mean, the scriptures talk about the sins of the fathers being visited upon the children of third and fourth generations. And uh, it's just a matter of, and, and people say, well, that doesn't seem fair for a child. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and, and I struggled with this myself and then it occurred to me, I feel like God kind of showed me uh, at one point, my, my mother had called me when I was about 30 years old and said, uh, we're going to uh, cash out an insurance policy that we have on you. And I said, well, I never knew anything about it. She said, yeah, we took it out when you were born, and uh, now there's you know a little bit of money that we're going to cancel it and send you the money. And it just became very clear to me that, that the devil has, a, he works by legalism, and he has a legal right hmm. in families until that right is denied him by the Lord Jesus Christ, and then that is canceled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it and and I, you know, of course, I read your your story, and I don't want to jump too far ahead of myself. But even though the blood of Christ, you know, redeems us and and cancels His right, we often have to continue to fight that through until the hold is is fully broken. Yes, absolutely. And that, that happens over a course of time. And, uh, you know, it would be great if the minute we became believers that everything just got healed up. But, you know, God doesn't work that way. Uh, we're very, as the Bible says, we're fearfully and wonderfully made and we're very complex. And God knows the things that need to be healed and need to be dealt with. And uh, we can trust him in that process that he knows what he's doing. 
And I think it's very important, particularly for those of us who have suffered uh, sexual abuse or physical abuse or just damage in that way to understand that, you know, God's mercy is just so powerful and God's not expecting us to be just getting over it. And I know a lot of people it's like, well, don't you think it's time you got over it? Don't you think it's time that you moved on? You're about but, to hear some music, Dr. Reed. So we have to hold that thought right there. Okay. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Fridays at 9 p.m. Central, the Choose Now Radio Network presents Parent Talk. There's no need to muddle through those turbulent teen years hoping to come out unscathed on the other side. There's a better plan. On Parent Talk, we'll embrace the positives, learn through the unknowns, face the challenges, and pray through the hard times. Parent Talk equips parents with tools to help resolve teen peer pressure, approach hot-button issues, and guide their kids confidently and securely through the turbulent teen years. With expert guests, advice from the heart, and a passion for bridging the parent-teen communication gap, author and host Nicole O'Dell will walk you through issues like dating, sexuality, substance abuse, entertainment options, friendship, spirituality, and so much more by helping you help your teens choose now. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself? Without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, 
Back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. This is Minister Diane, and I have Dr. Reed on the air with me tonight. And I like to always mention that my husband is behind the scenes, and um, he's helping us keep on track. So, honey, if you want to join in at any time, our guests are used to hearing you do that, okay? Hello, hello. I'm here. All right. (laughs) So, Dr. Reed, we were talking about the process of deliverance and how some people think that it may not be fair that you have to war through this process even after you've been, even after you receive salvation. Right. And it's, uh, I mean, it's difficult because some people, some people have it easier. Some people don't have to go through a lot, but the damage that's done, you know, when a person's been abused is it hits every level. It hits the spiritual level. It hits the psychological level. It hits the mm-hmm. thought processes. It hits your your faith level and the way that you understand God's word. And uh, it, it's, um, I just feel like people need to know that God is very gentle and mm-hmm. that these things happen in his time. And, and, and also people who don't understand that need to be merciful and to stay, stand behind people who are, who are walking through that and not to judge them because it's not happening on their time schedule. Mhm mhm amen amen to that salvation yes salvation is complete at the time that you accept Christ as your savior but the process of deliverance and healing and sanctification happens over time yes it does it happens over time the other thing that stood out to me um in your opening statement was um uh, you were talking about how your parents were basically just trying to survive. Um, I know from your book that they had a lot of hardships. Um, you know, you had your your, your home, the, the home burnt down. You had you had a fire. There were illnesses. Um, even in your extended family, there was where, there was a lot of tragedy. Um, so, do you think that that is? I mean, of course, I know that Satan comes to kill anyway, to steal and to destroy. So, because of those distractions there was basically it made you vulnerable it 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 took your parents out of the situation enough to where you you became vulnerable would you would you agree i mean yes absolutely and uh you know it was they would have been horrified if they knew what was actually taking place but they had uh the way that they grew up was in such both both of them very tragic my my dad's uh Parents were both alcoholics, and they his, uh, I believe his mother had passed away when he was 12, and his father remarried, and his stepmother kicked him out on the street. So by the time he was 13, he was eating out of trash cans to survive and sleeping under people's porches. Mm. Uh, mother was uh, rejected by both parents and uh, had to live with her, her aunt to, you know, and just she never felt loved her entire life. And so it wasn't just the external things that left me vulnerable, but they mm-hmm. didn't have any way of communicating uh, love in a way that a child needs or understands through uh, affection and through time. They just they were not capable, and and that's not any kind of an indictment on them. I think for what they had to deal with, they were extraordinary parents. But it did leave me very very vulnerable to the mm-hmm. to the enemy. The enemy is truly like a roaring lion. Yes. Seeks whom he may devour, and he looks for the little ones who are just vulnerable and unprotected. And that's why 
sexual abuse in this country is just through the through the roof right now. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if he can if he can destroy the nucleus of the home or compromise it. My husband and I were talking first thing this morning about how the home as God intended it to be, the family as God intended it to be is like I believe like your first line of defense when it comes to those kinds of attacks, when it comes to the world, when it comes to, you know, um, just that protection, the father being the head and the covering and, and then the two of them being on the same page and, you know, walking in Christ and him giving them discernment and how to war. If you don't have that, if you have things that invade like alcohol, alcoholism, you know, drug abuse, uh, divorce, where the home is divided and split up. I mean, it just, it opens the door for yeah. this kind of vulnerability. It certainly does. Hmm. My goodness. So tell me, tell us this. Um, I know what you're talking about when you, when you say, when you talk about ritual abuse or the occult, can you explain some of those terms? Like tell, tell our listeners what you mean when you say the occult. Well, the occult is a, a wide variety of practices that's anything from uh, uh, seances to Ouija boards to astrology to uh, palm reading to uh, Wicca or, or white magic and to other sinister aspects of the occult like Satanism, uh, Druid uh, religion, um, devil worship and things mm. like that. Those are Those are... Uh, and all of those have their own forms of ritual, but some of the more sinister black magic groups like um, uh, devil worship and druidism and groups like that, they have very specific practices, many of which require the uh, use and abuse of small children in order to appease the demons that they're trying to get to work on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be my next, well, if we can talk about the the ritual the ritualistic a part of these practices why is sexual abuse why do you believe sexual abuse is associated with all of this why do they use that as a means of transferring demons well part of it is is because they believe that children are innocent and close to god Mm-hmm. And because everything they do is in anti-God and hatred for God in some groups, that they feel like the most powerful thing they can do to to worship Satan and to hurt God is to hurt an innocent child. Mm-hmm. Also, there are some very strong teachings in their world that teach that a child is, and here again I'm using their terms. We know they're not biblical terms, but I'm using their terms that a child is magical and that they have a, that they're powerful in terms of uh, the occult world. And mm. in, for example, in my uh, case, they, and this is in their literature, that they would use a child around my age and the sexual abuse is the, it, what they believe that it breaks down the walls uh, mm. in that child to the supernatural. So that child becomes what they call a magic mirror or they become like useful to continue to use that child to open up the doors to, to the powers of darkness. Hmm. Mm. Look, look how strategic that is. You know, people have, they have a picture of, 
of Satan as, you know, some of these old images like, you know, with a pitch, a pitch, a pitchfork and some horns and kind of a mythical, you know, like a mythical character. But they don't realize that he, he he's a fallen angel. Okay. So he has knowledge beyond our realm. He has advanced knowledge and he was with God. He was with God in the kingdom of heaven. So he knows a lot about how God operates. He knows how God um, runs his kingdom. And Satan tries so hard to emulate God. And he uses strategies. That's what I'm hearing and what you're saying is that he, he uses strategies as he, as he seeks his those that he wants to devour. You know, he puts plans in place. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, this is obviously this is a very extreme case of this is how it works in the real occult world. And I think one of the tragic things for me is even how many believers play with these things or mm -hmm. watch things related to the occult on TV and think they're cute or they'll watch them on videos or they'll listen to music that has to deal with the occult, then they, they say, well, it's not really real, so it's not really harmful. And they, they just have absolutely no idea what it really is, and that everything that they are participating in is a part of that evil. Yes, yes. The Lord, the Lord said, you know, that, that you can't, in the Word, it says you cannot serve two masters. Okay. Right. It tells us bitter and sweet water do not come out of the same fountain. It tells you light has no fellowship with darkness, but yet in their naivete or um, lack of knowledge or whatever it is, people think this is innocent, like Halloween. You know, I, I read one of your comments. I'm not sure if it was in the book or if it was one of your articles um, that I was reading about how I think it was in the book, how you detest the harvest. Um, oh my goodness. We've only got a minute. The harvest festivals. Right. Because yeah, I think it's, it's compromised to me because uh -huh. on that night, a lot of evil things happen and Christians need to be praying, not playing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Instead of trying to assimilate and find something, you know, that your kids can still participate in. I mean, when I was younger, I did that too because because I didn't know any better. Um, time for a break. The breaks come so fast. So I will hold my thought now. Good. <laughs> and we'll be back after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. 
It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central, on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home-based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20735. Or email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, let me give you the correct P.O. Box. Um, That address has changed. It is now P.O. Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland, 20604. You can still reach me at that email address, but uh, our ministry email is etsministriesinc, which is I-N-C, at gmail.com. And I want to mention to you that the name of uh, Dr. Gregory Reed's book, the one that I requested and the one that I read, is called Nobody's Angel, a story of occult bondage, abuse, and redemption. And it it details the things that we're talking about tonight, um, what happened in his life and how God uh, delivered him from the bondage of of his traumas. So I really, really, really recommend this book to you. Um, you need to add it to your library. Even if you haven't experienced these things, you um, may know someone who has and don't even know that they have. And you may be able to be instrumental in helping them in some way. So it is a must. It is a must read for your library. We are talking about the occult. We are talking about how sexual abuse ties into the occult. That led us into speaking about 
Halloween and um, what some people call the Harvest Festival, uh, which they try to celebrate in lieu of Halloween, but it's still associated, it's still connected. And Dr. Reed was telling us about how a lot of um, evil things go on during that time of the year. So I'll let him pick up uh, right there. Well, yeah, Halloween is is one of those dates that, I mean, I know it is, uh, it's an American, I, I refer to it as the American religious holiday because, I mean, they start selling Halloween stuff in August now and September, and it just becomes like a frenzy. It almost reminds me of the old pagan frenzied uh, celebrations that they used to have, and it really is. Mm-hmm. It's a pagan celebration. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with God, and I think it is probably a mistake mm-hmm. for Christians to just call it something else and say, we won't call it Halloween, we'll call it a harvest party, uh, you won't dress up as a devil. You can dress up as an angel. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it's like let's let's have uh, let's have a party on Hitler's birthday, but you don't have to dress up as you know a Nazi. You can dress up as you know a puppy dog or something. Mm-hmm. Why recognize the day at all? There's nothing redeemable about Halloween, and and on that night, so many evil practices take place, including human sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And to sit back and celebrate while those things are happening to me is unacceptable. I'm even uh, recently during this Halloween to see, you know, a well-known pastor uh, having a, a harvest party, and he he and his, he dresses up as a pharaoh, and it just the blindness is just beyond me. I don't understand that kind of spiritual blindness. I don't either. I don't either. And and it and like you said, it does not have anything to do with Christianity and why why do so many believers want to assimilate and fit in instead of doing what the scriptures tell us which is come out from among them right. be separate touch not the unclean things um, you know tells us not to walk in the flesh not to walk after the things of the flesh not to be carnally minded even because if you do then you can't fulfill the things of the spirit you can't successfully walk in the spirit and live a victorious lifestyle um there's so much that i could talk about but i want to get back to the the whole idea of the ritual abuse that goes on during not only this time of year but in general it it goes on um regarding the sexual abuse why that's tied in together and you were talking about how children are considered to be magical and they're considered to be innocent. And what I thought of as you were saying that is how the Lord came to us in the form of a, of a, of a baby. And so it seems to me that Satan has, you know, of course an agenda to somehow mimic, but also, um, how do I want to say that? Like, um, come against what God did. So because God sent his son as, as an innocent baby, Satan is more than happy to, I mean, people younger than you, younger than eight, I'm hearing stories about babies being sexually molested. Yes. Six month old babies. Yeah. You know, eight month old babies being sexually molested and abused. And, so and perhaps, 
perhaps we should talk about that for a second, because one of the things that, uh, in addition to some other things that the Lord has had me do, I've been involved in youth ministry for many years, but I also served as a law enforcement trainer on crimes against children for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And when I realized how pervasive on the Internet the sexual abuse of infants was, mm -hmm. it, it occurred to me that, and, and you know, as I do, when it, as a child, when you have been sexually abused, the, it is so intense and horrible that even when your, me your memories might be fragmented because the pain is so severe, mm -hmm. you might fragment, you might block out a great deal of memories. What in the world happens to a baby who doesn't even have the capacity for memory? Right. But the pain is there. And so a person could potentially go through their entire adult life just in a complete melted down mess and not knowing why they hurt so bad because they can't even recall uh, what's happened because it happened as an infant. And that's where our faith has to go to that level to say, you know, we need to believe God to heal even that kind of trauma because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, prevent uh, uh, conventional psychology cannot heal memories that a person didn't even have. Right. That they that they can't that they can't bring back that they can't articulate that um, you know I did not even though I was abused myself and even though God was doing a major overhaul in my life um, one of the tools that He used to to help bring more healing to me was He gave me and my husband a passion for foster care. Mm. Now this was this was unusual for me because growing up. I, because of my abuse, first of all, I was afraid when I found myself pregnant with my, with my daughter, I was afraid that I wouldn't be a good mother, that I wouldn't, you know, that, that some of the things that happened to me could somehow happen to her. Um, so I, I carried those fears, but then I also had this, for some reason, I had this dislike of children, um, I loved my own daughter, thankfully, you know, we bonded right away, but other people's children, if I had to deal with other people's children that were not well behaved, I didn't like them. I didn't like to be around them. I didn't like to be bothered with them. And I didn't know why or where that came from. So later on, fast forwarding, you know, God gives me a passion and, a, and an interest to do foster care. And I saw how he used my seeing the abuse that these children had gone through we had we had some infants and that was the first time that i realized that infants could be traumatized yeah. i did not i did not know that infants i thought that they would be too young to feel the effects of abuse but we actually got to witness firsthand how they behaved when they were traumatized versus a child who who had grown up in you know a healthy environment, a, a loving environment. And it opened my eyes a lot. And it gave me a level of compassion that I didn't have before. God broke down my walls and my defenses. And I later realized that that's how I was treated as a child. I was treated as though children are not to be liked. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you're a bad child and you, and you always have to be corrected or punished. I mean, our home was quite strict and I don't remember ever being told things like, 
we were loved. Those things weren't verbalized. Um, um, everything was yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am, which that in itself, I didn't find a problem with, but the things that ended up coming along with it, you know, just gave me a negative view of children Yeah, that was transferred to me without me even realizing why. So I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but. <laughs> well, you know, the effects of abuse, uh, and of course, there's there's differences between boys that have been abused and girls that have been abused. There's a lot of common things, mm-hmm. but I, I personally believe that if we could if we could do a real time survey, for example, of the of men in prison, mm-hmm. we would find that the vast overwhelming majority of them had been abused as children because it brings out a reaction of of rage. And I mean, it's not an excuse, but it's uh, you know, it's it's it is a contributing factor to to so much of the trauma and the acting out. Uh, and it's hard to say which way a person is going to go when they've been abused. Some people become very compliant; uh, they mm-hmm. disappear into their own world. Other people uh, can become violent. Other people can act out in terms of promiscuity or or mm-hmm. substance abuse. But one thing I think we need to really make clear to people is. The idea that, because almost every child molester or pedophile I've ever met uh, says that they were molested as children too, and they're mm-hmm. finding out that that is simply not true. The majority of men in prison in Texas who say they were abused as children were mm-hmm. not abused. They simply did a very evil thing because evil was in their heart. Mm, really? And that needs to, uh, especially uh, uh, boys who have been abused need to know that because there's a real fear if you've been abused that you're going to turn out that way. But it very, very rarely turns out that way. I've actually written a book for boys. Here come the tunes again. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the tunes are upon us. The tunes are upon us. <laughs> okay. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of the story of me online at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores. Get ready for Smart Health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. 
Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Smart Health is a one-hour program dedicated to discussions, interviews, and news in the ever-changing world of medicine. Information leads to smart choices, and smart choices lead to a healthier lifestyle. That's the quote of host and broadcast journalist Dr. Glenn Mia, M.D. This magazine-style radio show is a fast-paced program bringing together medical experts, authors, and patients to examine what works and what doesn't in staying healthy. Dr. Glenn Mia is a board-certified physician in pediatrics and internal medicine. His philosophy to wellness starts with an investment. He says proper nutrition, rest, and exercise are the best personal investments to maintaining good health. So join us for Smart Health with Dr. Glenn Mia. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, this is this is me, Minister Diane Jones, and I have Dr. Reed on the air with me. And we are continuing our discussion about occult bondage, abuse, sexual abuse, and redemption. Um, Dr. Reed, you were just talking about the book. You said you wrote a book. Um, and I believe it was you were going to say con- because we were talking about how people who've been abused fear that they'll they'll abuse. And it's so important to point out some things about that right and and the book uh it was recently a couple of years ago picked up by a publisher and it's called the color of pain and it's it, in a way it's it's a, a two-part book the first one is how to teach parents and concerned people how predators find children and abuse them uh, particularly boys. And then the second section is partic- specifically designed for boys and men who have been abused to help them find a way out of the pain that they're in. Um, but I find the book is helpful for both, both men and women, uh, girls and boys, because the principles are the same. But I think some of it, for example, with boys, they, the guilt that they cover and the f- they, they carry and the guilt that they, they and the, and the fear that they carry is so pervasive that it it ruins relationships. It leads to addictions. It leads to very rarely does it lead to someone acting out on another child. It leads to self-destruction. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I, um, I know Chris and I have done shows in the past. Um, he actually did a series about, um, fathers and absent fathers, you know, and, um, some of the statistics that you just mentioned about those that are in prison, how many of them do come from dysfunctional or broken homes. Um, quite a few of them, according to our statistics, did say that they had been sexually abused. Not all of them, 
But I know in my case, my I later found out that my father had been sexually abused by one of his aunts mm. when he was a boy. And that came out in one of his drunken um, states, you know, one one of his the times that he was drunk and he was very distraught and crying and telling my mom that this happened to him and I and I overheard it. And of course as as a child that didn't hold a lot of significance to me until I was older and until, you know, God began to do a work in my life and I began to see that generational pattern again. Yes. And the fact that this had happened to him and he was a Christian at one point. Anyway, I'm not going to get into my story because I want to hear. <laughs> you're, you're, I have you on the air so that so that you can share with us. Um, so we we I'm making a note here. The color of pain, um, listeners. I hope you heard that. And by the way, Doctor Reed has um, several books. Was it eleven books that I saw that you, on your website that you have authored at least eleven books? That sounds pretty close. I lose track. <laughs> so he has a wealth of information. Um, I know a lot of it is coming from his personal experience and then from your work over the years. Um, can you tell us, can you tell the listeners about some of the work that God has has had you involved in? Well, uh, besides the youth work, for, for many years we actually worked uh, – in conjunction with law enforcement and other groups in, in uh, training laws, law enforcement to recognize occult-related crimes mm-hmm. and crimes against children. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work with several uh, children in their when they went to court against their abusers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've investigated several cases of ritual abuse of children as well as sexual abuse and as well as missing children. Uh, situation. So it's been a pretty broad exposure to the the underside of, uh, you know, Satan's activities. Mm-hmm. But the redemptive side has also just been amazing because so many people have been touched. And, you know, I believe the Lord let me survive what I went through because he knew that I could look a lot of kids and a lot of adults in the eye and say, you know what, you can survive anything if you're walking in Jesus Christ. He's a redeemer of all things, and he can reach into the deepest pain that the person's been through and bring healing. I absolutely know that because I have experienced it and because his word is true, and he said that he would he would rebuild uh, Jerusalem on her ruins. So no matter how ruined our lives seem, God can rebuild our lives and make it into something so incredibly beautiful and and redemptive to other people that uh, uh, it'll make the pain seem as if, uh, like the Psalms say, it's like waking up out of a dream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amen, amen. When you and I were talking a little bit earlier, um, we had some things in common, and I was sharing how, and I saw this in your book too, how a, a lot of things you do suppress for one thing, you know, and, and in your case, I think that was part of the, the witchcraft that was done on you. It was intended for you to forget yes. a lot of things. But even outside of that, we do suppress a lot of things. We tend to deny a lot of things. Um, we try very hard to forget a lot of things, but healing actually comes 
as God begins to bring those things to the surface so that he can make you whole. I mean, it's like, it's like I was telling my husband, if you keep the pus and the infection below the surface of a wound and a scab heals over it, the wound itself is still there. You know, it, that skin is still compromised. So in healthcare, they often have to debride. They often have to lance that, that wound. They have to open it up. They have to drain it. You know, they have to give you antibiotics and then allow it to heal properly. Well, that's what God does with us. Would you, would you agree? I mean, yes, absolutely. And that's why people who, who are walking through this shouldn't be discouraged because I know it's very easy to come a long way in healing and all of a sudden another issue comes up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the pain comes back and you're like, well, God, I thought I was through with this. Well, sometimes it's a multi-layered uh, and, and uh, surgery that takes place over a period of time. You know, I, and I need, because you're in the health field, you know that there are some things, some wounds or even things that get broken that you can't fix it all in one surgery. Mm-hmm. Fix it, let the person recover, and then down the road you have to complete that surgery. So I just want to encourage anybody that struggled that way. Don't be discouraged because issues continue to, to come up because that's how God works. He, he wants to have all of us, and, and so he goes layer upon layer and takes all of that pain out in his time. And sometimes that time frame takes a little bit of time, so don't be discouraged by that. It, it probably has a lot to, to do with the degree of, of the trauma, would you say? Yes, absolutely. And I, I think it's very rare for someone who's experienced multiple abuse over a period of years. It does not happen overnight. I'm not saying God can't. But again, the way that he's created us, mm-hmm. uh, I know for myself, I had to go deliver, through a deliverance, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years after I'd become a believer. I'm like, well, this doesn't fit with my theology. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, <laughs> when, when you're going through it, uh-huh. you're you know that uh, that this is real, but it was something that they had placed in me through the abuse at, at probably five or six years old, and it was so deeply entangled with my soul that if it would have just gotten ripped out at some point, it may have actually killed me. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. So we have to trust God's time in this, even when we don't understand the timing. Amen. Amen. And. And I feel like with me, God was so gentle. You used that word, I believe, earlier, so gentle. It amazed me that I felt like he he took my hand and he did this in baby steps, you know, step by step, um, situation by situation. He told me when when to begin to even speak publicly. I had told a few people in my life, but, um, he like walked me through when it was okay to like share more. And the first time I, I shared like the overall situation in a woman's group, um, I even felt the Holy spirit say, okay, that's enough. That's enough. You, if you share any more than that, you're going to get physically sick, you know? And wow, we only have, we only have like two minutes left. So I, I would really like to um, have you come back, Dr. Reed, because there's just so much more that, that we can talk about. And I would like to talk to you later about, you know, scheduling that 
And I would like to, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) I would like to spend the rest of, we have like about two minutes left and maybe ask you to um, pray for Chris and I, you know, as God continues to use us in this arena. And then also pray for any of those that listen to us tonight, um, however the Lord leads you. Amen. Father, I want to lift up my friends, uh, Chris and Diane, to God. Thank you so much for the work that they're doing. And God, we pray, Lord, that you would just cover them, Lord, with the with the power of your Holy Spirit, with the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, that you would break everything, Lord, that the enemy is trying to throw against them. And we just resist the enemy in Jesus' name and by the power of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and command that every curse and working that's going against them would be broken in the name of Jesus. Lord, pour out your 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 blessing upon them, God, and pour out your anointing, God, on them, Lord, to heal, God, the brokenhearted. And, Lord, we pray for everyone out there, Lord, who is brokenhearted, who may be listening and feel hopeless or helpless. Touch them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Touch them, Lord, and make them every bit whole. We thank you, God, for being a God that's so filled with love and compassion and so filled with grace and mercy, Lord. And you're the one. You've come to undo, Lord, the works of the enemy. You've come to destroy the works of Satan. And Lord, we thank you, God, that we can claim that, Lord, and know that your desire for us is to be every bit whole. And we claim that, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Here come the tunes. Until next week, people, or the week after, I should say, we'll be live again in two weeks. Check your calendars, look at the show page. For being a part of I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones on Toginet. Ladies, this is your chance to join us for stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism.